Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information. Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. Michael Red here, my brother. My brother, my brother, how are you? How are you for the people? Let us know how are you doing. I'm doing great, <laughs> buddy. I'm doing great. Uh, been traveling a ton um, the last week and a half or so, but all great stuff. Uh, good to hear your voice. Good to spend time with you this week. Um, outside of the podcast, we actually had time to, to to spend together, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful day we had together. Yeah, man. It's uh, for those who are listening. First of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in every week. Uh, thank you for growing with us um, because Mike and I have been talking uh, this week and uh, talking to some of our other friends how we have grown, we have been challenged, we have been transformed. Um, it's not. It's sometimes I think you may be on the other side listening. And you think, man, these guys know this stuff, and these guys, man, we we getting firsthand revelation and we get in firsthand deliverance from religion as much as you hearing it you know and so i know you and i as uh as we've been as we've been talking um just talking about how we've been transforming we've seen worship different and we you know we've been in this for a while mike we can say that for a long while right and we've seen all of these aspects and teachings of worship and we've been under teachings of worship but i think what the lord is doing and breathing with what we've been talking about um really you said something when we were talking about yesterday it's just the how you know what i mean and and really getting us to transition from methods to end result and then how to end up in that end result without some specific method that man has made or man is challenging you to do it so you know mm -hmm. I, I, you know i know you, we've talked about it i would love to hear your thoughts on like you know it's been it impacted us more than anything you know what i mean to see worship from a bigger point of view i believe a god point of view um yeah. and he's transitioning our hearts you said it right there a god point of view knowing god and knowing his perspective makes our worship all the more um of what he wants and and uh, it's hard to worship what you don't know i've been saying yeah. that for weeks now and I, I say this in, in all sincerity, like this, this has been wrecking my, in a great way, world, this teaching on worship, uh, on me personally. And I think it's important for our listeners to know that we're not talking down to them, but we're talking with them yeah. um, because we're in it with you. Um, what we're saying is an ongoing process with me and with you. And um, the Lord is really challenging me about worship in a deeper, deeper way. So I pray this 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 topic has been really touching so many of you out there who've been listening. And we're not afraid of asking the questions. You know, I think uh, one of the things that religion has done to us for years is that it's told us something, right? It's told truth, not experienced truth. And then when you don't understand or really feel like, nah, this is not God, didn't allow you to ask the questions, right? And I think mm -hmm. one of the things that we're doing here, and, and I love that it's a conversation because it's conversational and, and asking some questions, you know, um, mm. and, and asking like, you know, why, why did Jesus experience it that way? Why is he going through that way? I've been loving these last couple of weeks where we've been seeing Jesus, Mike, encounter worship in different areas. You know what I mean? Last week was such a powerful uh, week, man. And if you have not listened to last week's podcast, 
What I'm going to tell you to do is pause right there <laughs> and go back to next last week. Listen to that first and then come back to us. You know, because I think, you know, one of the things that we, we want you to know, and uh, we hit on Matthew uh, 4 and Matthew 3 and this encounter that Jesus had with Satan. And, and I think just it's important to, to, to get every aspect of these conversations, Mike, and not skip and not settle short i think or sell your soul short so if you if you're listening to this for the first time and you came through and you saw the title that said you know jesus worshiping pharisees and you're like what are these guys talking about i would go back into these other um podcasts that we did mike and i think uh it, it it's, it's a building on you know what i mean of a great conversation couldn't agree more couldn't agree more um you got to start from the beginning to, to catch this and Again, I, I was sharing with you and Ezra, we're talking about, you know, my own personal experience with what God has just been dealing with me on. And it really, it's really been life-changing for me, just talking with you about worship. And for me, you know, as as we engage worship, there, there is uh, the ability to seek the will of God in that for your life, right? Yeah. So worship begins to permeate every decision you make in your life. Real worship begins to say lord what do you want me to do in my life again I, I can't i cannot i cannot separate worship from lordship and, yeah. and so the lord has really been speaking to my heart about some things personally personal adjustments um and uh I, I just thank god for him really just continuing to touch me and speak to me and um it just again i always say gratitude begins to release uh an authentic worship and um you know that he even speaks to me, right? And that he cares enough for me for my life's direction. Um, it's just been an incredible series for me and one of the most impactful series we've ever done for me personally. Yeah, man, I told you yesterday and I've been saying it on a podcast, man, uh, to your point, you know, worship, you can't hear worship without understanding surrender. And that's what we're going to walk in today. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Like, what what is the requirement right what is he asking for what is the thing right because mm -hmm. the ultimate is ultimate surrender we were talking about yesterday uh and i and, and I, I talked which we didn't want to leave by the way for those who are not listening we were together for like five or six hours and you know you're having a good time when you don't want to leave <laughs> 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 and, you, and so and then the time is flying by but we were talking about how yeah you know um adam and eve before the fall lived in such a perfectness of surrender, right? That beautiful picture that they were fully surrendered to Abba, that they, as they walked in the cool of the day with the Lord, they knew the Lord and the Lord knew them because it was an ultimate surrender to whatever he desired, you know? And mm. I know that that sounds, you know, I was, I was in a, a, a meeting this week and I told you this yesterday with a young man and uh, he heard the word surrender. And I think sometimes because religion has had us trigger some things and uh, we're, we're, we're going somewhere here. So for those who are listening, we're going to we're going to go to scripture in a little bit. But I, I got to talk about this because this is going to lead up to what we want to talk about. You know, I think sometimes we get these triggers with religion and and we hear the word surrender and these things come up in our mind, Mike, like, oh, what do I have to give up? And what it, and, and it's these like these and what's the next rule? Right. And. And man, I gotta work on surrendering, right? 
and all that is not, I mean, I just want to move that out the way that that's religion. You know what I mean? God is not trying to um, get you to give up anything, which you will give up things. He's trying to get him out of you. Right. And so the, the act of surrender is not about like, I got to give this up. I got to give this. The act of surrender is God is dealing with your flesh so that your spirit man can be the one that leads and not your flesh. And a lot of times we don't understand that exchange and we don't understand the thing. And so we hear surrender and we already think about works. Like I got to make myself, there is no make, there's a journey of the Holy spirit to get your flesh right under subjection to the Lordship, which you just said of, of Jesus so that your spirit man is the leading and he can shine through you and the world can encounter the Jesus that's in you. Right. And yeah. our flesh keeps that Jesus and that Holy Spirit at bay, right? Galatians, Paul tells mm -hmm. us that they are at war with one another. Why? Because it's trying to keep your spirit, your godness at bay, right? And so when, when we hear that Adam and, and Eve walked in this full surrender, you could not see Adam and Eve. You could only see God, mm -hmm. a.k.a. why mm -hmm. they didn't notice they were naked, because nakedness was not a thing. Right. Mm -hmm, because they mm -hmm. were living in the pure presence of the Lord. Right. And so when when God is asking for surrender, when he's asking for this fullness of worship, because, again, for me, worship, we've been talking about it is union, but you don't get union unless you fully surrendered. It's not a works surrender. It's a, a obedience to the Holy Spirit about your flesh. And that's different for everyone that's listening to me right now. Right. The Holy Spirit may be dealing with you. About um, again, and it, it's I will say this, Mike, because I'm talking too much. It may not be a sin thing, like a full arm blown out, like I'm in totally rebellion to God. It may just be that thing may, is not the will of God for you, and it's surrendering to His perfect will for you leads to this union of worship. Mm -hmm. I said a lot there, Mike. Yeah, you did, and it was great, man. And you're absolutely right. Um, I think, let me continue to say this, that the embodiment of worship is the presence of the Lord. The, the embodiment of worship is experiencing and treasuring the presence of the Lord. I don't do anything to myself. Come on, man. He transforms me. And it's a, it's a journey. We're becoming sons, right? So you're absolutely right. It's not... Um, of works per se, it's, it's just spending time in his presence. Um, you know, continually having a presence conscious mindset, um, you know, a worshipful heart, right? Um, begins to learn how to treasure the presence of the Lord. You know, Moses says, listen, I can't go unless your presence goes with me. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. show me your face, show me your glory, right? Uh, keeping that mindset and keeping that heart allows you to just actually just transform right you're not you're not trying to 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 surrender for the sake of just trying to do it out of works the presence of the lord comes in and he begins to transform your whole being it's, it's a spiritual metamorphosis that begins to happen when you begin to embrace the presence of the lord and so i i can't do it um i have to live in a state of a drunken stupor off the wine of the holy spirit right continually staying in the presence of the Lord and have a mindset um, that, that is fixed on him. As that happens, 
you know, the surrendering becomes uh, all the more easier, dare I say, because worship really humbles the heart yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does. You know, you look at Isaiah's cry in Isaiah chapter six, right? And so it begins to humble you. And so as you stay in a worshipful state, your heart is becoming more flesh and it's becoming more humbled. And then you're becoming more and more and more to the likeness of Christ. And that's what begins to happen. So just to add to your point. Man, you said two things that are wonderful. The heart, and again, we get, get into it, the heart, the heart. Because the heart is synonymous with the will, I believe. Your heart is the will, is your will, is what you're desiring, you know? And then you said it has to be done by the spirit, man. I love the yeah. story of Nicodemus. And we were talking about it yesterday. We'll, we'll get into that next week. Uh, it's just in my mind today. You know what I mean? That <laughs> Nicodemus is trying to get this from a knowledge-based point of view, not a heart-based point of view. And and I love Jesus because Jesus is like, it's all by the spirit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless a man is born of the spirit, he cannot see. Right? So, so here... Nicodemus is navigating the conversation and he's trying to see, but he doesn't want to engage the spirit to see. And Jesus yeah. is like, you won't ever be able to see, right? And because you said something, when your heart is towards God, right? Let's just say this, man. I know this for me in a practical way, and I know I've given this testimony over and over. You know, when I first started pastoring, Mike, I had many sexual issues that were going on in my life, right? I was bound by many sexual things that were happening. And the problem was that I was teaching and preaching on the subject, right? And I was trying to teach the subject out of me. Mm -hmm. But what I what, what I found out is just get in his presence. And I'm telling mm -hmm. you, when I got in his presence, I don't even know how to explain it to you. I don't know when. I can't tell you the time. I can't tell you the date. But I got set free because the desire of him and the desire to be with him trumped any other desire that my flesh had. Mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how it happened. I can't give you, we were talking about this yesterday, I can't yeah. give you the deliverance and oh my goodness, the thunder came. No, the pursuit of his presence and the pursuit of my heart to be with him, these things started falling off. Mm -hmm. And the flesh had no more desire for it. There was no more room for the flesh to desire. I love when, when it says that the enemy came to sift Jesus and found nothing in him, right? Mm -hmm. Because the heart, the will is to please the father. The will is to be with mm -hmm. the father, right? And I think sometimes, Mike, we give strategies and and because we're trying to get people to outcomes, but us in the wave for the last 16 years plus, we've been saying one thing. It is only by his presence mm -hmm. that anything could be manifested in you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you're absolutely I, I think that's why I had to say that because, you know, um obviously sacrifice and 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 altars are associated with worship. And but the, the ultimate benefit of, of of worship is to experience the presence of God. Yeah. Right. That that's the ultimate experience from 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 worship. Right. And then from that, you begin to be in all of his presence. And then that leads to you falling in love with the person of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Fall in love with the person of the Holy Spirit. So you never see God as a taskmaster. 
And I think that's the transition so many of us are, are transitioning from is seeing God as the taskmaster compared to our lover. Come and, on, man. And that's a, that's a big, big deal because that affects how you live life. That affects um, how you approach people, right? It, it affects how you approach yourself. It's huge right? difference. So, There's a huge difference. Huge, 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 difference. huge, huge. So, so, so yeah, worship and we, there's an exchange and, you know, of hearts and, but the, the presence of the Lord is the anesthesia, mm. right? The, the, Come on. The presence of the Lord is really the anesthesia that you don't feel the surgical removal of the heart, right? And, and the exchange and, and you don't feel, um, you know, the, 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 the pain of sacrifice, right? Cause the, cause when you're in the presence of the Lord, it's everything's euphoric. <laughs> it's on. a utopia in the presence of the Lord. And that's why, more than anything, we admonish people to continue to stay in that presence. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, Danny, you look different, man. Your countenance looks different. Your, 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 your aura looks different. There's such a demeanor about you that's different. Um, yeah. You know, me and you were talking about illustrations the other day where um, in times past, we, you know, we just show up in a, in, a, in a room or an atmosphere and things begin to change, right? Um, that, that, that just comes from just constantly walking with God. I think we've made this thing so, I feel the Holy Spirit as I say this, we've made this so complicated and, and, and it really, it really isn't that complicated. And I may have said this on the past or previous podcast, but I think just walking with God, that, that, that right there, just walking with God, having a heart that wants to walk with God. And that includes worship, obviously just walking with God and just see where things take you. Um, I think that is, that is something that, from this podcast, I want to encourage people more and more and more just to continue to walk with God, have a heart, have a heart open uh, to just walk with God and hearing what He wants for your life. Uh, which is which when when you when you do that, everything you do looks worshipful. Yeah, like everything you do yeah. looks worshipful, and you know it's, it's just a powerful thing to just know that the benefit of my worship. I'm going to experience a force and an energy that's going to change and revolutionize my life, right? My behavior modification, my conduct, all that's a secondary consequence of a heart that's been baptized into the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Ooh. I'm be quiet. You, you, no, you don't have to be quiet. You said something powerful. We, we've been, and, and this is what I got out of it. And uh, the, you said we, we've complicated it. And I believe we complicate it because of comparison and judgment, right? Instead of allowing each human to journey with the Holy Spirit, we judged um, outcomes, we judged gifts, we judged, and, and it just took me to 1 Corinthians 12. It says, but when the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individual as he wills. As the Holy Spirit wills to show up in someone's life, he's doing that. We were talking about the road of Amarius yesterday. And it's powerful that these two men, because he's Jesus ascended. He's in his perfect state. He's fully human, fully God. He is the new man. And he's concealing himself from these guys until he decides to reveal himself to these guys. And I think sometimes, again, we have patterns that we feel like we have to follow and we have these systematic order 
A goes to B and B goes to C. And so we bring that into this Christendom and we like, well, this person didn't do this and this and this, so they didn't get this. Well, how about just let the Holy Spirit will in their life how he wants to show up? How about let the Holy Spirit reveal himself to that person how he wants to show up and let that person just pursue that, right? And we don't know how to do that for people. We just don't know how to leave them alone, right? We are always comparing and always judging. And if God can deal with our hearts with humility, that I'm not judging nobody. I'm too busy pursuing God, right? And not pursuing him for an outcome. Because again, here, he says that the Holy Spirit will will something in your life. And then specifically, he's talking about the activity of the gifts of the Spirit in your life, right? I'm going to show up the way I want to show up, as God's saying here, right? With the guys at the road of marriage, I'm going to show you who I am when I need to show you who I am, right? We just don't know how to journey. The, the beautiful part of the road of Amaris and those guys is they were just walking with this stranger that they found, that they were compelled to be with, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they journeyed with him, right? Mm -hmm. We just don't mm -hmm. know how to leave that alone. Just journeying with him. So what the invitation, when I hear you saying we complicate it, and what you're trying to say, like the invitation is just for a journey. However that comes out is between you and the Holy Spirit. Your heart and your pursuit is going to be your heart and your pursuit. But whatever outcome comes out, it's going to be more him, how he wants to show himself to you, mm -hmm. how he wants to manifest himself to you. And again, that moves away from judgment and comparison and, and oh, I got to see this and this in their life to see if they're really true worshipers. Man, who, who gives us that authority and that narcissistic, arrogant thought pattern? You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm good, but I, I'm pursuing God. If you want to pursue God with me, does that make sense? It makes sense. It makes sense. It's it's the heart of a Pharisee. Oh, not calling that person a Pharisee, but it's the heart of a Pharisee. Uh, okay, okay. Since, since you say that, can we just jump into this then? <laughs> All right. See that Mike is a professional at doing podcasts, so he knows how to transition. <laughs> so <laughs> we want to talk about Matthew fifteen. Uh, that was all introduction, by the way, 30 minutes of introduction. We really want to talk about Matthew 15. And Jesus, remember, we've been dealing with Jesus in different encounters. He has three encounters with this word worship and talking about worship. And here, this is a great example. And I'm just going to read some things, Mike, then I want to hear your thoughts on it. And then uh, then I'll, I'll add some thoughts on it. Then uh, Matthew 15, verses 1, and we're going to read through 10 just so that we can have fun. Um, for those who needed to read heed the Bible. So he, Mike mentioned the Pharisees, then the scribes and the Pharisees. And so I just got to do this because I just wanted, I just got to do it. So the scribes so that you know, so our audience know, you can just go do a Google search on scribes and Pharisees and you can get a lot of this information. The scribes are writers of the law. The Pharisees were a religious sect that of Jews that felt like they accomplished that law better than anybody else, Right. Um, you know, uh, scribes did stuff like write contracts, legal draft documents of marriage and divorce and loan and inheritance and mortgage and land and, and all through a Judaistic point of view. So they had, you know, this God thing. So they felt like they knew the law better than anybody because they actually are writing the law. Then you have the Pharisees that are thinking, no, but we actually implement it. We actually make people implement it and we implement ourselves. So they think no matter. So both of them are in the same spot. They just think they know it all, right? It's like being with a lawyer. If you've ever been around with a lawyer, sorry for the lawyers that listen to the podcast, 
But I just think y'all know it all. So these the scribes and the Pharisees are in there. They were from Jerusalem and came to Jesus and saying, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? Now, Mike, this is funny to me that they don't say, why they don't, why they're not doing what the Torah is telling them to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so right away, 100%. they're going to lose with Jesus because they're not even talking about scripture, right? 100%. Like they literally just tell them, why they transgressing the traditions of men? That just sounds funny mm-hmm. to anybody. Mm-hmm. That's just like sounds funny to you and I. Like, hey, Mike, why are you not doing the way you grew up? The way that, that because maybe what they taught us was wrong. How about that? Right? So, so Go ahead. No, the, 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 the fear of man is the father of religion. Right. Say that again. The, the, fear. The, 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 the fear of man is the father of religion. You just see it right there in that verse. Come on, man. The that's traditions so of elders, right? In parentheses, that should have said religion. You're absolutely right. It's silly. The traditions of the elders, right? It has like, nothing to do with the spirit of God, nothing to do with, the, with, uh, with God and his commandments, his law. It's the traditions of elders. But go ahead, keep going. And these Pharisees, remember, these Pharisees and the scribes, as you read through the scriptures, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees are all mm-hmm. trying to catch Jesus, right? They're trying to, mm-hmm. these are the writers of the law. So they like trying to catch Jesus at a fault to blame and go, oh, you see, you, you're mm-hmm. not, you're not, you're not, you're not truly who you say you are, right? Mm-hmm. And it says, for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. So like uh, Mike and I have been around Orthodox Jews. And again, there's probably some Orthodox Jews that are listening. And part of one of the you know, rituals is that they wash their hands every time, like three or four times a day. And he answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandments of God because of your tradition? Bro, he took it to another level. See, you're messing with like a master wordsmith and also someone that knows the scriptures. So he's like, why are you coming against scripture by your own traditions. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Mm-hmm. So so they're not talking about the Torah, but Jesus no. is talking about the Torah. Right. So Jesus is like, let me flip this on this. Y'all talking about men's way of doing this. I'm talking about that your men way of doing things actually come against God's way of doing things. Now, so you, now the, ca- go ahead. the caveat in this, I know you're flowing, and I want you to continue to flow. The caveat in this is that because they broke the laws, of not washing their hands when they ate, they actually considered that as a misdemeanor. Yes. Yeah, it, it literally broke a law. Yes. Yeah, it's considered a misdemeanor. Think about that. <laughs> I know it's a caveat within the story I wanted to share. So good. Think about that's that. That's so good. Yeah, that's so good. And here Jesus is like, well, you're talking about laws of men. Like I'm talking about laws of God. So he's already elevating the conversation. Jesus is like, y'all temporal. I'm going to take this spiritual. And, and verse yeah. four, for God commanded saying, honor your father and mother and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you mm-hmm. say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift of God. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandments of God of no effects by your traditions. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, I got to read this again. For God commanded saying, honor your father and mother and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Right. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profits you might have received me is, is a gift of God. Then he said, no, 
he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandments. Meaning, you're looking at things that men has told you to how to follow your mother and father. And you're saying if those things that men have told you not to do to your father and mother, that is transgression. Jesus is like, that's not transgression of honoring your father and mother. Actually, trans so he's giving them like, y'all not understanding what's happening, but he's also talking about himself and he's talking about the father at the moment. This failure to help your parents deliberately violated the fifth commandment of the Decalogue. Yeah. Just to, just to add that caveat. But go ahead, yeah. keep going. Keep going. So, so he's telling them, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying? Correct. So he, now, now he brings Isaiah to the conversation. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Yeah. And in vain they worship me. Because remember, keeping the Torah to them was an act of worship. But Jesus is like, in vain they actually worship me because they're really not trying to keep the Torah. They're trying to keep the traditions. That's where I'm going to go. They're not even keeping the Torah. They're keeping the traditions of men. That's exactly so right. So they are exchanging Torah teaching for man's teaching. And again, mm -hmm. about even honoring mother and father, they are giving you a man's version of what that is, but not a kingdom God's version of what that is. And so here he says, hypocrites or hypocrites, right? That, that, that great Greek word, which meaning you're playing two roles, yeah. right? You're, you, you, you're, you're, you're one person trying to play two different people. And he's saying, you worth, your vein is in words, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of a mouth defiles a man. Then his disciples came to him and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying, yeah, because I'm telling them that they following man's rules, not God's. But he answered them and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Such good. And, and really, he's talking about the word here, not just uh, people. Like what man, so he's, he's equating what the planting of the word not the planting of a human, right? So he's like, so whatever man has taught, that's going to be uprooted because really the planting of the word is what's going to stand. Let them alone. Mm -hmm. They are blinded leaders of the blind. And if the blind leaves the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Mm -hmm. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated. So we we waste whatever we put in our bodies. We waste it. We go to the bathroom and put it out. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. So he's dealing with the heart. And they defile a man. Right? For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, deaths, and false witness and blasphemy. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So he said it has had nothing to do with this man's tradition because these people that are trying to implement these rules, their heart are not mine. Mm -hmm. Their heart belong, they have more yielded and surrendered to their traditions than to what I'm saying.
Now, the, I'm gonna let you go. Yeah, I just I just got no, one more no, verse to hit. We keep going. In no, Matthew going. 12, before here, he's talking to the same folks, and he said, "You brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." So their mouth are getting them in trouble because they're thinking that by honoring the traditions of men, they actually live in worship. And here Jesus is trying to tell them, you are not living worship. Your worship stinks. He actually uses this word vain. It is done and obsolete because you're surrendering to the wrong thing. You're surrendering to men's way of doing it and not surrendering to me. And all of this is about surrendering fully to me and the Father. Mm -hmm. So you read the text, and I'll ask you, it's, it's, do you see this currently in this time, Danny? Because what their religion was, it had become a matter of action and man-made rules. That's what their religion was. So that's why Jesus is saying their heart is far from me, because you're... You're worshiping idols. You're worshiping something that is completely obsolete to, to who I am. So do you see this as a current issue of the day, Danny? A, a thousand percent. This is the okay. issue of, I would say, and I know we, 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 we always are careful by using the word church because what we see church today is not biblical church, right? And so we have to understand it. So when we talk about man's church, man's church in America, man's traditions are exactly where the Pharisees were at and the scribes mm -hmm. were at, right? Mm -hmm. We have created a system, rules, and this is the sad part about it. We know that the system is a system made by man, but the system is comfortable for us, so we continue into the system. So do I see it today? I see it every day. In many mm -hmm. churches across not only America, but across the globe, that men has taken this Constantinian way of worship, this Constantinian way of approaching God. It's not even, I mean, it's flipped its head from even the Pharisees. I would, listen, I know this is going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I would rather you go all the way back to the scribes and the Pharisees, because at least Jesus tells you, that their righteousness, where was it, Matthew? Where, 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 where was it, was it Matthew? Where, 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 hold on. I'm thinking of a scripture here, Mike, real quick. Hold on, man. He says mm -hmm. this, man, in Matthew. Uh, he says, do, do not think that I come to destroy the law that the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. For surely I say to you, the heaven and earth pass away. One jot of the, the title will be by no means passed from the law that is fulfilled. And he says this. Uh, whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and the teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, his commandment was the commandment of love. We know that because he tells us that all through scripture. But he says this in verse 20 that we have to then keep our ears to. If I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Hold on a second. Mm -hmm. What? So mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, listen, if you want to even follow a tradition, go way back to then. Like we have done replace this, even that was that Jesus was coming against these traditions. We have replaced it with utterly crazier traditions. And we call in that mm -hmm. church. We call in it Christianity. We call it salvation and all of it. And again, let me say all of it. 
maybe a majority of it, let me be nice. Mm -hmm. Our men's mm -hmm. tradition has nothing to do with pure worship to Jesus and mm -hmm. pure worship to the Father. So I'll ask mm -hmm. you the question, have you seen it, Mike? Are you seeing it? Have you been seeing the same question you're asking? Have you been seeing that traditions of men have trumped the tradition of of the, the of, of what God is requiring and asking for? Yeah, it's it's a, it's an erroneous um, system establishment. Um, the Pharisees in this text describe putting more stock in their action than actual the actual source, mm. and that's what we're seeing today. The, when you read the when you read the story, they completely missed it because it's about the heart. And Jesus alludes to that. Your heart is far from me. Your heart is far from me. Matthew 9 uh, talks about Jesus says, go learn this. I desire compassion over sacrifice. Come on, man. And what we've done globally, I won't even say in the West, I would say globally, we have prioritized sacrifice over or actions over our heart yeah. in exchange with God's heart, if that makes sense. He says, go learn this. I desire compassion over sacrifice. So you're sacrificing in your community's actions and these religious, religious actions, but I haven't got your heart. Come on, man. I haven't captured your heart. You haven't given your heart. And that's the key component in this whole text. When I read it, when I read it with you, is that God is desiring the heart of men, not the actions and the erroneous sacrifices. And that's what we've done to, to your point today. We've offered up everything else, our gifts, talents, the song, whatever it may be, the ancillary things, but we haven't given God our heart. Come on. And once he captures your heart, now you're under his lordship. Then he begins to speak to you about the direction of your life and your future, right? And and there's and there's something to be said about being fully submitted, right, with the heart, <laughs> not with the actions. That I think a lot of times we supplement actions for the heart. The moment because man, First Samuel sixteen, man looks on the outward appearance, yeah. But God is always, 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 always looking at the heart, the intentions, the heart of a man. And I think a lot of people have been incubated in a certain way of thinking that God is pleased with the sacrifices. No, he wants the heart. He wants that's the heart. That's the true essence of worship. I don't I yeah. keep going, but that's- No, 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 no. You're hitting it, right? A hundred percent on. It, it's all the matter of the heart. It's all asking. Again, it, the question becomes is, how do we get from- yeah, my lips to my heart, right? Because yeah. he said, "You honor me with your lips, with your heart," right? So it's so because he's he's quoting Isaiah, and he's yep. quoting 29. Isaiah twenty nine, right? Mm -hmm. And in Isaiah twenty nine, Israel was just running away from God, mm -hmm. <laughs> like just the the bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. And he quotes Isaiah, and Isaiah mm -hmm. wording is a little bit different. Isaiah says, it is. "As much as these people draw near with their mouths." And honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. They have personally removed. And then you ask, well, God, how have they personally removed their heart from you? And it says, and their fear towards me is taught by the commandments of men. 
So you're still making it about like you're trying to please men with your heart, not me. Therefore, before I will again do it more. Now, I love Isaiah and I want to bring it to this because he's always bringing it back to a redemptive point of view. I'm going to do a, a, a marvelous work among the people, a marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding that they prudent men shall be. Meaning I'm going to prove to you that what you're trying to follow in men, that's just, that's fleeting. I'm going to prove myself to you as your God and show you how much I love you. And my love is going to get your heart surrendered to me. I am going to get your heart. One thing I love about Isaiah, and I love that Jesus pursues Isaiah because he's quoting it because he knows like the end result. And this is what Jesus is doing also. Jesus is trying to get them to understand. The end result to you Pharisees and scribes is that I'm here. You may not know why I'm here, but I will grab your heart. I'm coming after you and I'm going to get you, right? And I'm getting you to understand that I desire fully participation of your heart. But you said something earlier, and we've been saying it throughout the whole podcast. There's a great exchange, right? There's a, there's what's the thing, right? Mm. I got to let go and I got to surrender then. First of all, mm -hmm. I got to know what he has said, right? So I got to know the difference between what man's saying and what God's saying. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing we got to do is recognize is that man talking or is that God talking? So because when you pursue God and you pursue everything about God, you want to know what he is saying. Like when people look at you, Mike and I, you and we talk, we can talk for 20 hours straight about the things of God, right? Why? Because we're not trying to be right and talk about the things of God. We're trying to see what God is really saying, right? And mm -hmm. so the journey that you and I have been in the last 16 years is going through the weeds and going, this was man and this is God. Not mm -hmm. that we even wanted to do that, but the pursuit of God creates that curiosity inside of you to go, hold up, what is really God and what is really man? Mm -hmm. Right? And no, so that, right. that thing has to come inside your heart to go, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Why are we doing what we're doing? That's it. Why are we collecting that offering that way? Did God really say this? Or did, right, right, because when you start pursuing him, he starts showing you what he's doing with the Pharisees and the scribes here. He starts sifting and separating, going, no, that's man. No, that's man. That's man. Yeah. That's man. And then what you start doing is, is like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you everything, right? Because, and I wrote this thing now, we are afraid of letting go because we do not believe that Abba has anything more for us. Fully surrender starts with humility, moves to honesty, goes to authenticity. What we're trying to pursue is him. But he, and in pursuing him, he's pursuing your heart. Once he That's has right. your heart, your heart is going to then automatically give everything to him. And then when you do that, you start shifting and he starts showing. And so people may look at us sometimes, Mike, and say, like, these guys are troublemakers. Now, the, the, the spiritual religious way of calling us troublemakers is they call us fire starters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really what, they, what they're saying to Mike and I, Mike and I have literally in our face been called fire starters. What they were saying is that you're troublemakers. Why? Because they want tradition and religion wants to keep everything at bay. Don't rock the boat. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, when you start pursuing God, a truth I'm, 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 I'm getting us to next week. A spirit of truth starts coming out of you. Yeah. 
And you yeah. start going from your head to your spirit. And then you start going, hold up, man. This don't make sense, man. I don't need to jump through those hoops to get to God. Why am I going and doing backflips and doing all this stuff when I can boldly come according to Hebrews and to his throne? What are we doing? Then you start looking things around you and then revelation starts going and going, oh, it's not what it really seems. This is man's doing. I'm talking too much, Mike. No, no, I, I, no, no, I think, I think, I think there is something to be said about being good at something and having your heart not in it. Mm. Right. There's a lot of people who are good at it, but their heart is just like, it's the saying of like, that's just what I do. You're, you're, it's, it's what you're good at, but your heart's not in it. And when you describe yeah. the story and you look at today's times, um, it is quite possible that, and I say for this for myself as well, sometimes my heart is not in it. Mm. it it's just not it. And so deep down where it counts the most, you know, we have a hard time of giving honor to God, right? And I don't know, I think when he was saying that about us about being fire starters, what he was basically saying is that I'm really just noticing that you're all in actually your heart is all in and when your heart is all in you're fully submitted and when you're fully submitted you're submitted to the will of god and you do what he called you to do in that moment right which is which can be disruptive to people whose hearts are not in it it's disruptive to religion <laughs> it's fully exactly disruptive right. to religion see see uh a song really is not a song or has the impact or the effect unless my heart's in it, right? So a song has no value unless it's in the proper context. Yeah. And the context is compassion. So if Sunday after Sunday, we sing our songs, Danny, and we go to church on Sunday morning or go to services and gatherings on Sunday mornings, right? And we sing the song, but is my heart the context of where the song resides? Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 there, there, there is something to be said about being all in, and I think, I think when you're all in, that is very, very obvious to people who are not all in, right? And that's that's my heart. Every day. I, the worst thing that God can ever share with me, and not that He would, but maybe the Holy Spirit convicts you and shares with you, is that my heart, your heart is far from me. This is a devastating proclamation to these people. Your yeah. heart is far from what? Oh my God, what did David say? Don't take your spirit from me. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, what? what, what this is, man, I'm talking too much myself, but I just no, feel that so no, strongly, no, man. So good. Devastating. It's not Cause good. The, That's good. Because the rituals, again, you could be doing the rituals all day long and they were doing all the day rituals, long. Yeah. But the rituals, and, and this is what he said your worship is in vain. Now, can I say this, Danny? Yeah. We won't get to vain because vain, that word vain means fruitless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. And so, and so the the enemy of worship is self-consciousness. So the Pharisees and scribes were trying to make the disciples and Jesus self-conscious about not washing their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They a hundred percent. Right. Making people self-confident, self-conscious. It's the direct enemy of worship. I just wanted to, I wanted to implement that point. Yeah. yeah. Because when people are reflecting on themselves, they're not reflecting on God. 100%. Your eyes are in the wrong thing. So they, That's exactly heart, right. Your heart follows, right? That's exactly your heart right. Follows. Yeah, that word matinee uh, or matins, uh, 
a vein. I want to hit that, man. It's, it, it means fruitlessness. It, it has no fruit. It has no bearings. Do you Fuel, know what I mean? Futile. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's brutal. You know what I mean? So when you look at it, I just want to land the plane this way, man. I, like, how do I get from giving my heart, not my lips? Because again, they were, they were, they were surrendered. They were still surrendered to something. They were surrendered to their own teachings yeah. and their own traditions. And here, Jesus is flat out telling them, you're not even surrendered to Torah, right? right. If, if you right. were surrendered to Torah, we would not even have this discussion. But because you surrender to the traditions of men and you're trying to like imprison our guys, really, that's what they were doing. They were trying to find ways to imprison this group, right? right? Because this group is very disruptive. Why? Because Jesus is disruptive. Why? Because Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He's not talking about the law. He's not doing the rituals. He's actually being God on earth. And so that is like freaking everybody out because he's like, yo, I've never seen nobody like you before. I've never encountered anybody like you. And so they like, we got to yeah. shut this thing down because freedom is a threat to slavery all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so absolutely, Jesus is walking free and they're like, bro, they're messing up my game. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking about in the book of Acts when the woman with the spirit of divination where um, Paul and Silas was worshiping the Lord and she was mimicking them, right? Yeah. And all she was trying to do was silence the freedom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they turned around and rebuked that spirit out of her, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. she was trying to silence them because slavery doesn't like freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And here Jesus is walking such a free level. And he's not, I mean, the guy's, healing on the sabbath he's 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 messing up all the traditions right even mm -hmm. some that they have interpreted that god said and misinterpret right so we're That's not right. even talking about traditions of men we even talking about interpretations of torah right so jesus is flipping everything upside his head to do one thing and one thing alone to say god desires your heart and the only way he can get your heart fully is that you're fully surrendered that's right or what you say that you're fully in. Are you going to be fully in? Are you going to be fully surrendered? And Jesus that's the ultimate of it. He was disrupted oh, because he was fully submitted. He was fully submitted. See, the fully disruption submitted. is being fully submitted. So when we so when we do a deeper study of worship, it has everything to do with the heart, not physical action or position. Come on. Everything to do with the hearts. You know, worship, you said it best. Worship is being totally surrendered, having a bowed heart, which produces a bowed head. Right, it's not just mere words. I'm gonna say that again. Having a bowed heart, which produces a bowed head, we bowed our head without bowing our hearts. Come on, man. We lifted our hands without lifting our hearts. We lifted up a song without lifting up our hearts. And so, and so, it's not just mere words, you know. And and even the scripture says that that, that Jesus says uh, many will uh, call Jesus Lord, Lord, right? But Jesus will claim not to know them. Yeah, because they actually yeah, yeah, yeah. never demonstrate that they know him or have submitted, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Your heart has to be bankrupt, you know, spiritually bankrupt, right? And so when I worship the king, when I worship Jesus, the overflow of God's attitudes begin to fill my heart. Mm. The attitudes of God begin to fill my heart. I feel so 
good saying that, man. The attitude of God begins to fill my heart. The mold of God, right, begins to fill my heart. His character begins to fill my heart. So it has everything to do with the heart, Danny. Yeah, because you're giving him everything. And again, you, it, said something, you said something about Jesus, and I'm going to land the plane this way, and then uh, you can you can get the final words. Luke 22 version of of Matthew, you know, 26, which is mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. I wrote the book about the surrender will. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, and he was accustomed. He was accustomed. Let me just say that he was accustomed. He was accustomed mm-hmm. to do what he was accustomed, mm-hmm. and his disciples also followed when he came to the place. He said to them, so this is the place that he found and he was accustomed to coming to pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a, a stone's throw. And he knelt down and praying, saying, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours will be done. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like drops great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And so here, Jesus' humanity is shown, but he gets the ultimate sign of worship to the Lord, to the Father, because he's like, like if there's any way for this thing to be different, can it be different? Mm-hmm. But because my flesh is, 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 is this is a lot. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, nah, no, nah, whatever you desire, because my heart mm-hmm. is yours really yours i've given everything to you so whatever outcome you need it to be however way you need me to journey like this kind of prayer think about it he was already custom of praying this way he's already custom of coming to the presence of the lord with this he was already custom of saying these words you know it's not like he said it for the first time he lived the life i believe jesus may have prayed this prayer every single day because every single day it's not just the cross every single day as a human you had to say, I'm doing it your way. I can't do it my way. You have fully my heart. So I got to do it your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your way, not washing my hands. You know, the Pharisees were wrong in thinking that washing their hands kept them spiritually clean. And their heart completely, was so Completely the antithesis of what, what Jesus was saying. <laughs> completely. So you're absolutely right, man. It's 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 all about the heart, and uh, you know I thank God for this topic, man, because it continues to remind me that He's after the heart. He's after the heart, right? I, it's yeah. not enough. Again, the fear of man is the father of religion. The fear of man. Let me lift my hands. Let me lift a song. Let me do these um, these things to appease a person um, and and make their perception of me pristine. No, 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 no. God looks at the heart. And I want to surrender my heart to the Father, not just my hands, not just my my song, but my heart goes to the Father. So good. How do we yeah, keep our, our, yeah. our worship of being vain? That's right. Your heart. Heart. Your heart. The heart is yours. My heart we, is yours. We used to sing that song. My heart is yours. My heart is yours. Take it all, yes. take it all. Yes. My life in your hands. All to yes. Jesus, I surrender. Yes, yes. The chief end of man is to love God and to enjoy him forever. The chief end of man is to love God and enjoy him forever. We're going to end on that. Shalom. Yeah. Can't wait till next week. Um, 
Love you guys. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Shalom, Maranatha. Christ, we, we want you to come and establish your kingdom, man. I'll talk to you later, my brother. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.